thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about the heat waves, the forest fires, what is going on, who's to blame, and why there's a lot of new important scientific information that we all need to understand as we go forth on this goddamn hot, hot planet. We're going to try and keep lighthearted, but the information is, some might say bleak. Oh, I am actually like done. Like the music. Oh, oh well, yeah. you didn't say what our what you learn this Oh, no. For. Okay. Our, what are we, and, and, but first... <laughs> We're going to be talking about sexual orientation, doy, yeah, and phone use because <laughs> how long have we done this podcast for? <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> Wait, like six? No, six years? How long? Well, it you know it got a That's revamp crazy. like a couple of years ago. Yeah, but I mean, I think we started the idea maybe like four years ago or something. I guess I can't Google like when did Side Note Podcast start? It would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what that is just what Google spits out. Oh, make sure you spread this with your loved ones. That's not how you say that, damn it. Make sure share. you share this with your loved ones who love science. Again, so many other podcasts are like, by the way, it's free. And I'm like, yeah, it's a podcast. But anyways, it's free. Share with yeah. your friends, rate it on Apple iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get it, and leave a comment because we read them and there hasn't been one in like three months. Okay, people. Oh, there has, but weirdly oh. our pages like split into like seven different pages on iTunes. So there's like sometimes different places where people review it. I don't know what that Considering means. Considering Apple's supposed I, to be sleek, sometimes it's lost. It's probably our problem though. We probably did oh. something weird and started it like a couple times or something. Who knows? I was going to say, I tried to listen to a couple like other science podcasts. I, w- I hope ours is fun and interesting. I get the vibe that's like more of the vibe because I actually wasn't able to get through. It was like an official Whoa, one. Was, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone else. It was like one of the like magazine kind of like official yeah. journals. And I was so shocked how boring it was. Because okay. I actually oh was like, oh my I God, <laughs> Nature Magazine is getting plummeted. No, it to wasn't the Nature. I'm not saying AS <laughs> is getting roasted. I just meant like, couldn't they try to be like having fun? Okay, so well, this is a very big issue with science, and maybe it should be in its own episode, but it's like, why is it always a British man who talks yeah. monotone and who truly doesn't make any like intonation in his voice that is in any way fun or flamboyant or interesting. But there are a lot of podcasts yeah, that do that with there, science. And there are many good yeah. science podcasts. Yeah. I didn't mean to drag 
I just happened to listen to one and ologies, I was like ologies. curious uh, as a good one. You mean, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like science first. Yeah. It's like there's Jokes. tons of chatty yeah. science ones too that are fun. But this was, uh, I was trying to learn about something specific I and I had to turn it off because I was like, there's, there's like, I might as well read this or like a computer voice might as well be reading an article to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus like this random. Sci Friday is pretty good too. Yeah. It's led by like, it's a British little more man. like, uh, you know, Mundane sounds like a new no. word. Like they're they're even tempered. Yes, you know I mean. but they will have people on from like popular science who will yeah, do like we're super smart who will be fun. Yeah, but I the humor is very hard to get. Like <laughs> it's very like if they're talking about caterpillars, it's like yeah. Well, I don't I'm know. Curious. Cocoon me up, my friend, and then I they all like laugh. Would love to hear people's recommendations for their favorite science pods. Yeah, because I didn't. I'm not trying to like talk up our own. <laughs> I actually am looking for more because I like. I was trying to be like, okay, I want to actually. Because mostly I listen to um, like comedy podcasts and then a couple of science podcasts like Science Versus. I love how you're like, I want to talk up our own. I'm like, ours is a mess. No, I meant like, I don't want to talk no, up sorry, our sorry. own. No, sorry, sorry. I know. As I'm saying, you don't want to talk about I'm not like, trying to say ours is no, the one. I'm like, ours is like, people are like, where's the science? It's like they're talking about pride again. Like, it's like, we do have this. I'm saying it's funny to be like, I in no way thought you were bragging about ours. But I do feel like the... Um, science podcasts that you're probably listening to are meant for people who are just like in the actual like nitty gritty of the science community and probably mm. don't get listened by the general public. Yeah. But like, it'd still be nice if they felt exciting. Like yeah. just the tone of voice was like the problem. Really? Like just straight up that it was just so boring, but I was like, I want to learn this. I can't listen to it though. And you turned it off. I turned it off wow. and decided I'd rather listen to nothing only oh because only because you know what? I was listening to it, but I was not listening to it because it wasn't engaging enough. Wow. So I was like, I, the words are going by and then suddenly three minutes later, I'm like, I didn't listen to like any back of that. 30 seconds, back yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. No, that, that is true. Well, thank you. God, goodness for side note again spread it with their <laughs> friends and family and your loved ones and leave a comment on our podcast about other podcasts that you like yeah or like at our instagram or something or threads <laughs> yeah we're not gonna talk we're about not that. gonna go into threads okay oh what did we learn this week you go first i'm doming um, you you're doming me whoa, whoa. Well, mine is about sexual orientation oh my god wait are you gay no Okay, because like you have like a little bit of like science people usually are like monotone. You have a bit of a flair. If anyone listening to this thinks I'm gay, that's actually so mean. Yeah, that. Eh. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like you're canceled. I was joking. I'm like mean. No, I'm like, obviously because Midge, I'm gay. No, you're not. Yeah, I decided yesterday. Oh, congratulations! This is such a weird bit. Okay, continue. Okay, so. This is specifically for the bees in the LGBTQ2S community. <gasps> Bye. Yes. For those who didn't know the bees. <laughs> um, there are way more people than ever identifying as bisexual. Oh, which is nice. Dreams are free. So the research was looking at both people who said they had been in relationships with men and women and people who identify as bisexual, which are not the same thing. Right. So some people like hook uh, up with men and women, but wouldn't call themselves bisexual or have hooked up with both men and women, but wouldn't necessarily wait, wait, take wait, the wait, label. Wait, wait. I'm about to pass out. I don't understand. I'm just saying like some people will call themselves and identify themselves as bisexual. <laughs> yes. Some people have hooked up with multiple like men but and women, not, but, but don't say they'd identify. be like, I'm straight or I'm gay. Yeah. So and like the gay, proportions yeah, 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 yeah. are, there's different percentages for both. If you're gotcha, saying but gotcha. both are increasing, I should say. Um, so between 1989 and 1994, 
3.1% of people reported having relationships with both men and women. Okay. So again, that's not necessarily people identify, yeah. probably less people identified as bisexual yeah. than were hooking up with both. Whoa. Um, and now 2021, it was 9.3%. So three, Whoa. three times higher. Yeah. What? That's the hooking up, not the dating, not the that self-identity. That is Whoops. the hooking up. Whoa. So I, like I the, really hope that the like Canadian statistical study that did this wrote hooking up. In it. <laughs> um, you hooked up. It was way more common in young people. Like once you got over the age of 40, way less people identified as bisexual or wow. said they hooked up with both. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. That's fun. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> Obviously more and more acceptance amongst like queer people in general has led yeah. to people. It's like, a lot of those bi people were always there and just wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable to identify or would not feel comfortable to even explore that part of them. And even like even the others in the LGBTQ2S plus community, well, in the past would also be like, mm, yeah, right, you're gay to buy. Oh, people. exactly. Like yeah. there was like there was not just the one side of things, it was also the other. Yeah, I think it's probably really challenging. I've I've read anecdotally like people talking about even so Especially, it's in some ways, it's harder. I won't say it's harder for men, but less men identify as bisexual. Really, maybe because there's a higher prejudice. I always picture it. like because a lot of people will say, "Oh, you're bisexual. You're just gay. You're not." Whenever you haven't realized there's a yet. like mention of someone bisexual, I picture a man. I picture a man with like jeans and like <laughs> and like a mullet that, and like um, a like cut off tight Iron Maiden shirt. <laughs> and that is like wow, yeah. bisexual to me. It's like so funny. I didn't even think about how like obviously women and everything obviously. in between can be bisexual. <laughs> um, so I thought it was interesting. It reminds me of the graph of left-handedness. People have been using this a lot. Have you seen it? Because no. there's been like obviously an increase in people identifying even as trans. And the conservatives are like, oh my God, there's like this mind virus that's going like around and, but then people show this graph of left-handedness and how it's like all of a sudden shot up once it was no longer associated with being like a demon or bad and they were Whoa. forced so it's like no it's just it came and then it plateaus it's like it came up to the level of what uh, it probably yeah. actually is when people didn't feel any prejudice against themselves so, oh my god same life with, was like, so hard when you were left-handed but like pretending trying so hard writing like the worst dank sentence ever <laughs> with your right hand being like no I'm fine <laughs> yeah exactly Exactly. That's um, a, is that like shared in response to insane conservatives like yes. trans yeah. <laughs> conspiracy like, theories? 100%. Yeah. Uh, okay, a lot that's... recently to just be like, no, we're probably seeing the actual percentage of people who are trans who are much more comfortable to say they're trans now or transition. Um, and then that will plateau once like we're accepting enough for everyone to feel comfortable. Oh, that's you know? such a good way to share that. Because like all, I always get caught up in that where I'm just like, Okay, all these anti-trans people, I'm like, I don't know how to describe it, but I'm like, you're so scary and messed up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it's cool to have actual, it's sad that the world needs things like that, analogies, because people are so simple that they can't like, they need, like, that's a helpful thing, because sometimes I get tripped up on like, where do I start? Because it's so yeah. menacing and creepy and every And every freaking week, there's a new, like, um, new talking point that you have to now figure out, okay, yeah. like how to talk them down out of this thing. Like we're as soon as they, it. now that they know this graph exists, they'll probably find some other angle to explain why even bisexuality is like a curse. You know what we I mean? We are going to talk so much more about climate change later, but I always hate when it's like all conservatives like want to talk about is like trans issues. Cause they're like actually like scary freaks where it's like, 
climate change. It's just such a distraction from real problems. Yeah. It's so weird. I'm like, why? It's the talking point and they're obsessing over it and they're just taking so much energy away from yeah, actual paying attention to, things. Yeah. That, and it's just like, why are you so obsessed with this? Like, yeah, um, let people fucking live. Like literally look in the mirror, my friend, because like something's up. Yeah. No, it's a weird it's, obsession. Yeah. And then you're like scientists on the side being like, hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we have something to talk about. Like, being both like, um, we're validating their identities yeah. and the planet's burning. Yeah, Can we like, actually look at that fire yeah, planet? Like, the <laughs> world is literally on fire. And for some reason you're screaming about that. Like maybe you need to get your brain checked. Okay. <laughs> okay. What are you um, chatting about? Just like phone use because I hate my phone. I'm so addicted. I'm curious how many people would identify with hating their phone. I would. Okay, well, this is this. I want to do a what I'm poll. literally talking about. It's okay. the poll. Oh, yeah, there is a poll. Oh, well, wow. this is the proportion of people. Who, okay, let's start. The proportion of people who access the internet on their phone in 2008, which to me is not that long ago. I can remember, you know, like Black Eyed Peas. I got a feelings blasting mm-hmm. on the stereo. Like, yeah, that life for us was not that long ago. Twenty percent of people were accessing internet on their phone then. Okay, that's like so few. Yeah, considering then in 2018, only ten years later, it was seventy-two percent, and it's gone up since then. So it's like, yeah, okay, this is like a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like I forget that when I got a feeling came on, and I was like at the club, you didn't like, like I tweet it. Didn't have a phone. <laughs> yeah, I was literally like, this is the best night of our lives. Like, hope you make it home safe because I can't text you. It's like, so maybe it's just because that's our university age, but it's so weird how distinctly I remember that song and that time period we were we dressed so ugly and we were so (laughs) simple it's like literally i was wearing like holes in my pants disgusting skinny jeans uh, like v-neck from freaking american apparel and was going like tonight's gonna be a good night like earnestly earnestly it's like so (laughs) embarrassing and being like this is it would like truly hype us all up. We'd be like in a club being like, it's going to be the best like, night of our tonight lives. Tonight is actually the best night. Like Friday was okay, but stop. tonight, like Fergie said yeah. it. Right? It's just like, even like oh. Rebecca Black Friday, we would literally like blast yeah. it on Fridays. Every single <laughs> like high be, like so happy. And like Friday. high school musical, I'd be like, you do realize that? It's like, it's Disney. <laughs> like we were just so dumb. But anyways, so we're probably more dumb now because we're on our phones more, but it's like, <laughs> That to me freaked me out because it just doesn't feel like 2008 was that long ago to have so few people Mm -hmm. using their phone for the internet. Then 71, this is from 2018. So like the study was saying they're going to get new information next year that they can only imagine is higher. But in 2018, 71% of people said they never turn off their phone. And that freaked me out because I'm like, I don't turn off my phone. Oh, I rarely do unless something feels like it's going wrong. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't even think about that as a concept. (laughs) Like they were in the article were like, we were astounded how many people don't turn off their phone. I'm like, yeah, I only like, turn it off to restart it if it's not working. Yeah, same. Like the concept of turning off your phone is should be normal. Like, oh, my phone's off. It's not just like, oh, I'm like freaking a Buddhist monk. So my phone's off. It's like, no, I have a thing that's an electronic that I turn off sometimes. Like that. You it's do that with your TV. Weird. Well, because because it sleeps, though. You know, you don't think about it. Like, every other device either looks on or is off. Whereas your phone yeah. can look off to you. Ew. It can be in the corner and it's not doing anything. Uh, and it's saving battery when it's, like, not. But that's I how they get you. you. That's how they get you. You know what I mean? They designed it that they way. You? They thought about that. <laughs> the well, big I, Apple people. <laughs> I don't think that was the design but choice. It's I mean, still, it makes sense. that It was, like, you know iPods once they became like the 
what was the one that was it called an iPod when it had like a s- smart screen? What, what were those called? What? Okay, you know when an iPhone wasn't an iPhone yet and it was oh, an iPod? Yeah. An iPod Touch. iPod, to- touch. iPod Touch. Okay. You were the first to have those. You had a Christmas where your parents got everyone an iPod <laughs> Touch. And that's when I was like, you're spoiled. Okay. <laughs> um, that was insane. You guys were like adults and like screaming at Christmas. I'm like, you're all like 24. Like relax. Also, this internet on your phone is going to ruin your brain. I didn't know that at the time. There's no way we were 24. That we were probably... That was probably 18 or 19. Like, isn't that when that came out? Okay, yeah. Now I'm just, like, angry. <laughs> and now I'm just, like, making up lies. Um, anyway. 78% of people in 2018 said they could not live without their phone. Yeah. And then a more recent poll, I didn't even think this could be real. Like, a Nielsen poll from last year said that adults spend over 11 hours per day interacting with media Mm. which was up from nine hours and 32 minutes four years earlier i'm sure this includes podcasts and stuff oh yeah sorry that's interacting with media media, but then i'm like what 11 hours isn't that like honestly think of it we sit at a computer all day then when i'm taking a break i'm sitting on my phone then when i'm going on a walk i'm listening to a podcast and then i come home and i play zala or i watch tv it's like sickening it's actually crazy. This is why I hate my phone because I cannot stop. And I've tried. I can't stop. I could, literally before this. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I was like trying. I truly were trying to like, okay, fine. No, I don't want to like tell everyone what we're trying. We're trying to work more. <laughs> we're, we're really struggling. And I just was like trying to not have my phone. And I actually couldn't do it. I downloaded Twitter and I went on it. It's it's hard. I've, I've even tried to go, I'm going to go on a walk and I'm not going to bring my phone. And it, it like scares me. It's, I'm like, well, what if the world's ending or Greg dies and he needs to message me? Okay, that's, <laughs> like, you mean like you think that something could but go it's, wrong? Well, it's not actually that, but I feel like that's the anxiety of phone separation. And then my brain's trying to fill in the anxiety of what are you, it's really just because yeah. I'm so used to having it at my fingertip or seeing it. I also like, um, uh, <laughs> love how this is like about the world ending through like forest fires and heat waves, but like, this is another way the world is yeah. ending. But, um, I also last week kind of did well with not my phone and I was like literally like these flowers are gorgeous like my <laughs> life was be- like the other way actually is real I, I had a week where I was reading enjoying life like yeah. like I kind of got bored and then I finished like what I think is like one of my favorite paintings like all this shit happened when I had like a little bit of a hold on it and my brain still can't even like like today still wasn't able to be like, remember how fun that was? It's like, eh, yeah. whatever. I did it for a week now back. Like it's so I dark. Know. They're really designed this way to capture you. And it's, it's not a nice feeling. And I did 9 AM to 9 PM. Can't have Instagram on one day. And then the day came at 9 AM and I woke up at 8 55. And the second my thing turned nine, I downloaded Instagram. <laughs> and was like, ah! okay. So, uh, whoa. Anyways, that's what I learned. Yeah, we gotta figure this out. I know. I'm gonna try to make a video, an ASAP science video yeah, about it. But then I'm like, to. we've done that for years. I'm a little insecure about it. No, but it's still such a problem that everyone <laughs> relates to. Yeah. Just gotta find the angle, you know. Okay, we'll do a podcast about it too. So phone addiction. Yeah, and how to deal with it because I'm reading all the updates. Yeah, there's, there's some gotta good, there's be good. some. It's just hard because tips and tricks. Yeah, they sometimes work when you have motivation for three days, and then next, like a hard day comes, and it's just yeah. so hard not. But to there work. are some interesting ones that I've read that we'll we'll talk about. Okay, well let's <sighs> take a break, and then we're gonna talk about <laughs> the Earth being on fire. Okay. <laughs> 
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Study time. Study time. Study time. Okay, so we are going to talk about... The globe warming, heat waves, there's been a slew of forest fires, tons, especially in northern Ontario, affecting places like Toronto, New York. You've seen the images of smoke and orange skies, but obviously over the last decade or more, we've seen increases in the West Coast, in California, in Australia, all these kind of pictures, and we just kind of wanted to do a little bit of a like... I don't want to say state of the union, but just like where are things at? What can we talk about, learn about them? Should we be worried that these are getting worse? Like what can we do? Who's responsible? These kind of questions. Of course, as always, try to keep it a little light, but this will probably be, you know, anytime we, it's like we want to talk about climate change, obviously more and more because it's so important, but then it's also like can be so gloomy and like depressing that it's like sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to have every episode be about this. So I'm trying to, can we be lighthearted while we talk about a very serious subject? Well, okay, so um, <laughs> cool Guinness World Record, like record breaking <laughs> temperature happened on Wednesday, hottest the Earth's oh ever been. Oh my god! Been congratulations! In recorded histories of the Earth, you know you're looking really hot right now. Uh, we only started really recording how hot you were, Earth, uh, in like you know the 18th, 19th century, and Wednesday. July 5th was the hottest. Okay, so it's so depressing. July 3rd, the Monday, was the hottest ever in recorded history at 17.01 degrees Celsius. Okay. Then Tuesday's going to go ahead and break the record of the Monday. (laughs) And then Wednesday's going to go ahead and break the record of the Tuesday. And the Wednesday is now the hottest ever at 17, what is it? 0.18 degrees Celsius was the average of the whole earth. Uh, of the whole Earth's temperature as yeah, a whole. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So well, like, ding, ding, ding. I had to want to steal your thunder, but also in April, the global sea surface temperature record was broken. Uh, oh my God, you're getting hot. <laughs> um, same idea. It's like average of the surface <sighs> temperatures of the ocean. Um, and the scary part is it's never warmed this quickly ever. Ever. <laughs> and yeah, so there is. So aren't we having so much fun? <laughs> 
So there is El Nino. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that too. Um, and even though that is happening, scientists are still really scared because they didn't Well, the El Nino it. is the worry that it will hit even harder, right? <laughs> yeah. So like the, El Nino is when it's like a cooler s- season, right? We've and been El Nino for the last little bit. Mm-hmm. And it is why like, obviously like last summer, horrible heat waves throughout Europe and stuff like that. Sometimes when you read the articles, people would be like, this is a little scary because we're in El Nino. Right. Like it's not, of anything, this is like the cooler version yeah. of what we're experiencing. It has to do with the, the Pacific Ocean, the one that I don't have much of a relationship with, if I'm being honest. I'm more on <laughs> the Atlantic, Atlantic boy. side. So whenever I see it and hear about it, I'm like, cool, you're doing your thing, but what? <laughs> um, it's about how the currents in the Pacific Ocean, like how warm water actually comes to the surface in the El Nino events, and that changes a lot of weather patterns, but it, in general, it makes things hotter, mm-hmm. and, and especially in specific parts of the world. Right, yeah. But so like things are going to be getting hotter because of El Nino, but 1,000, ding, 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 1 million percent, the reason it's so hot right now is because of global warming, carbon dioxide being released by human-made climate change. Like, I do think that's important. None, even though people are mentioning El Nino now and scientists are mentioning El Nino, it's not an excuse to say like, oh, that's why it's hot. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's like, yeah, yeah, even in El Nino, we were experiencing crazy temperatures. And there's like, in the articles, they're like, and this is why we just cannot afford to burn any more oil and gas. It's like that simple. They're period. Just like, period, because they're just like, it's heating, it's heating so much. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously this is going to come from a privileged position of living in a very stable geographic part of the world, southern Ontario, where we don't get a lot of like natural disasters or anything. But but we also to, didn't know we w- could have the insane smoke. Well, that's we what had. I'm going to okay. bring up. Oh, it's like, okay, it's okay. been so shocking. So if, if you're not from this part of the world, like we've experienced really intense forest fires in all of Northern Ontario. It, with, but it's in Quebec. Quebec is also sorry, in Quebec. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm just saying Eastern where we Canada, live, New Brunswick, yeah, yeah, but yeah. where we are is Southern Ontario. And that has led to like literally seeing smoke on a daily basis in the sky, being told not to go outside. It smells like toxic waste when you're outside, like, or people, sometimes like a gorgeous fire. Yeah. Some <laughs> days you're like, it does smell like a nice little campfire. Um, but sometimes out of 10, like a nine out of 10 on the scale of like bad air quality, stay inside. And that is something that I don't think here I've ever experienced. Yeah. Everyone in Toronto and I maybe in New York, I'll just speak from my own experience. Mm-hmm. But Toronto was like so depressed because mm-hmm. we kind of always like prided ourselves on being like, we have this gorgeous freshwater lake. Like we've cleaned up our pollution, our city. We're so green. Like, oh my God, people have to worry about hurricanes, not us. Like, and then it was just like, wait, what? This is an option to not be allowed to go outside in the one month of the year that's like kind of nice in Toronto. We've already talked about it on the podcast. It's yeah. just like super depressing even the other day it was like it's a three out of ten for the smoke so go outside and i like went to the island like looked in the distance at mimico mississauga i'm like that's horrible yeah Yeah, like see it's like this last year we would have all been freaking out but now because we've gone we're in this situation i'm like oh this isn't that bad that i can Mm -hmm. only barely see mimico from Mm -hmm. where i am like it's it's scary how quickly we've adapted to deal I know it is oh, it's definitely God. disturbing on the one hand I it, like maybe it's a, a good wake up call for people who live in an area that are generally sheltered from like natural yeah, disasters and from ha- like you know many many studies emphasize that the people who face the highest consequence of climate change are the most sort of disenfranchised and low income communities all around the world yeah and so 
it is important that communities of privilege and like wealth Toronto. and stability yeah, that's interesting. see these things to go, wait, we actually, we don't want to live like this. We need to do something about it is climate change. It is very good that smoke enveloped New York and Toronto. <laughs> like in a way, in, like in that's where way, there's yeah. extreme affluence, extreme amounts of consumption. And it's like, it is sort of like, Shut your eyes, like plug your yeah, ears. It's easy to be aware of climate change, but not in your day to day have to really think about yeah. it. And I'm not that I want people to have to see it every day, but it's like if it's going to happen, everyone should have to experience it to know like you can't escape this no matter like we need to come together and find ways to talk about it, to f find solution, to change like um, political agendas and laws to help solve this problem together. Otherwise, we're all going to just be breathing in smoke and facing <laughs> hurricanes and all sorts of things, different things in all sorts of the world. So, so the reason the Eastern Canadian wildfires are so bad, we are going to explain this to you. So in spring, there was 50% less precipitation than usual. That they do relate directly to climate change and the change in weather. So essentially, like West, sorry, Western Canada is not used to this, but that has happened more often. We're now talking about Eastern Canada. That's technically where we live. That's like Nova Scotia had these insanely horrible fires on this like small province. And a big issue with that is that they didn't, ha they weren't aware and prepared for how dry it was, even in New Brunswick. So some of this fire started because of like an ATV crash that mm. started a fire. Like that would not normally have necessarily started an issue. Yeah. And people even, Truly just having a fire outside in nature, which mm -hmm. is something that a lot of people in Eastern Canada would have done and not thought that much about. Because it's never, yeah, yeah, we've never had the same mentality around like Western Canada or even places like California and stuff like that. So a lot of the fires could have easily started from like humans being negligent because they're not aware that the spring was so dry. Like no one really talked about it until there was so many fires. Yeah. And then, well, even where, you know, we go camping and stuff in the summer and in the middle of summer of its hottest, they always have like the little charts when yeah, you're driving yeah. that show you like the risk. Okay. You're not allowed to burn yeah. fires, but it is crazy to think in the spring in a time that's yes, typically exactly. rainy, rainy. That would always yeah. be typically like in the green. Like, yeah. yeah you can have your fires and, and like winter, like it's and, just melted. Like mm -hmm. with this, the, the mud luscious soil is And wet. I think it is important to acknowledge that like forest burning and fires is a totally normal part of nature like to a degree so it's not as though they never happen and every forest fire is bad like that's part of the ecosystem and um, people have dealt with it and there's like resources in place to deal with any that get in control it's just that it's accelerating so much and so much more forest is burning now than ever before and earlier and faster so more than four million hectares of forests have already burnt across canada this year which is double the historical average of what would happen in the whole season. Say that one more time. More than 4 million hectares of forest have already burnt across Canada this year. And this is even a study from a week ago. And they're saying that's double the historical average of what would happen by the end of the season. Oh, wow. So it's like, it, it is so, even so if we were, out of yeah, control. Double and we're not even halfway through. Yes. And mm. then, so a lot of them likely were caused by lightning. By the end of the season, 80% of forest fires in Eastern Canada would have started by lightning but that's again at the end of the season so it's kind of like again freaky because they're like okay a lot of these just where they were there wasn't even access like roads and stuff to like have started so it was like lightly thun lightning and that also is contributed by no, climate change thunder loud so loud <laughs> but that's linked to climate change the amount yeah. of lightning and all like it's just like oh god because <laughs> it's all sort of like linking in this like negative feedback loop of right. like why this is happening 
And that's uh, and that's why they started, okay? Because some people like, I don't know, there's like weird it, comments everywhere that are like, Trudeau let them or something. I can't tell sometimes if real, the internet is, is just bots or how many people like, would are brainwashed. To, like everything, so <laughs> many things online when I am just like seeing a news thing post, whether it's on Instagram or just like on a platform where you can read comments it and can't then be just real. seeing the comments that are like, this is the government trying to burn it down so they can prove climate change is real. They're scamming us and you're that, just like... How what? It is so strange to me. It is so strange to me. Like I, I what? can. I also love how they think the government is capable. It's like, girl. <laughs> well, that's they that can't even collect our taxes like properly. The paradox that people have to deal with is like, well, you say the government's incompetent, but when it comes to these conspiracy theories, they're perfectly situated to like plan all this devious stuff with no evidence being pinned back to them. Like I'm not saying governments <laughs> around the world can't be corrupt, and even our own can't have issues, but. It's like literally for <laughs> decades, scientists have been explaining, okay, everything's getting a little more tumultuous. Like the world is warming and fires are going to be more often and storms are going to be more often. And now that it's happening, that people are like, oh, this is just a conspiracy theory. It blows my mind. And I just don't know, like, is this part of misinformation campaigns to okay. take advantage of people <laughs> being afraid? What, like, what, like, I have not even seen these. I've just like been like Instagram like what do you think about people thinking the government started the virus and I've not even been able to look into it because I'm like I don't even understand like what that means so people are saying that they think that people what like took a match they think like remember there <laughs> was also like so like you would get caught exactly there's actually a I don't have it like handy to the tip of my tongue but there is a conspiracy mathematical formula that shows exponentially more oh, sorry how do i say this how hard it is to keep a secret basically because okay. i remember yeah. like scientists showing this to be like if you think climate change like theories and evidence is all a hoax that all of these scientists are working together to keep quiet and like holding on to this hoax here's some math to show how hard it is to keep these hoaxes or conspiracies hmm, going when you add a single extra person to the mix. Like yeah. having a hundred people try and keep a secret is nearly impossible. Yeah. Um, okay. And that, so yeah, that's, that's why it's point. like science is really interesting because you get lots of different people <laughs> from all over the world releasing published research, which then gets reviewed by other people. And even that one paper could later be, disputed but like we get hundreds of these things that show okay fires are gonna increase it's really scary because like then like i would never have been able to predict that like when this happened that this would be the conspiracy theory and i'm just laughing because i'm like it blows me away because it's like wait how do i combat this because it's so it's crazy you know what i mean like it's like it's so hard to like be like wait 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 like you no, 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 actually... no one started it on purpose to to try and like what like make more class like it's like I mean how we do you not <laughs> like it's just so we hard. know that we've done stuff around <laughs> conspiracy and how it is sometimes easier yeah. for people to cling to conspiracy yeah a for a variety yes. of reasons but b I immediately start crying it, it makes them feel <laughs> yes. a sense of control, control like or to yeah. understand right because. All of this stuff is overwhelming. Yeah, it feels really scary for everyone, even people it, who don't want to believe it. And there is a lot of cognitive dissonance for people yeah. who especially don't believe it, right? There's people who have been told for decades now, this is all a lie. This is all a political tool to like control us. Where? Wh who, where do you get that? This is conservative media. Conservative? The, but like even conservative it, media can't say that Greg, now. even in oh. Canada, the conservative government is not willing to take a position as like pro-fighting climate change. 
that's how bad the conservative <laughs> side of things is. I'm not saying like every element of being conservative is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's crazy that in a country that is generally pretty progressive yeah. and aware of climate change, our official conservative opposition will not go on the record being like <laughs> climate change is caused by humans. Okay, okay. And, and yes, they've been steps along the way to go, okay, fine, fine, climate change is real, but it's not caused by human activity. And we don't believe getting rid of oil sands like will be the proper solution. Um, that's the problem. And if that's in Canada, you can only imagine what it's like in America with yeah, like conservative okay. media using it as a tool to say, oh, they're just trying to make you pay more tax to like fix their tax credit thing so they can make a bunch of money off that and exploit the population. <laughs> imagine like at the end of this, I'm like, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it like works. I mean, like these are the talking points. I'm like, interesting. I mean, it's Kidding. obviously all intertwined with people having distrust of governments, which is there's a variety of scales on this around the world and with different communities and reasons and legitimate reasons in some places that people distrust authority around them, right? Yeah. Not just governments. And so fine, that's okay. But maybe it's because like we, and obviously many people that listen to this and watch these videos like are into the science community and have a better understanding of how science is constructed yeah, yeah, to be yeah. like research from all over the world of different people from different governments, from different funding. Yes, there's still corruption within any field, but when we have like so many people doing it, the hope is that it averages out to like somewhere close to the truth. That is when you're like, okay, our job <laughs> again, back to us being like, we have a really <laughs> hard time podcast. working. Yeah, like our podcast, share with your friends. But it's like, okay, our job is important. Science communication is important because you forget that, like, I read Nature magazine every day. I read mm -hmm. all this science stuff every day because it's part of my job. And that gives me such a specific view of the world that I have to remember people are, like, not doing that. And therefore, mm -hmm. it is actually scary and it is easier to be like Trudeau started the fires, not like the climate change that is like actually like out of our control. Doom yeah. of our planet yeah. and we're all gonna okay, die. Well, okay, I think that No, I'm saying that is oh. like the internal the, oh, hidden message gotcha, of gotcha. like it is a better feeling to be like someone's doing this. The earth is not ending. This is all yeah. like to try to control True. us. So this is why when it comes to science communication, this is linked to this episode. We will start talking about the heat waves, but like, I guess we already kind of did, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but this is why that doom and gloom late 2000s, early 2010s, like science communication maybe wasn't the best idea. Because why? Like maybe it scared so many people to the point that they'd rather believe I something think, else. Do you know what I mean? Like all those books that we all read and loved that were like the world's mm, ending, the world's ending. And then maybe people got, I don't think so you scared. can blame it on that. I think there can be multiple avenues. Sorry, of, not blaming it on that, but now we are in a science communication era of being like, let's not just do that. That's fair. That's yeah. Saying, we're like, trying to say like, how do why. we, how do we make people engage with this in a way that they don't feel so much fear and dread and, or push against it because it's like, yeah. Too and and there is, there, we can't just talk about how bad everything is. You have to have hope. You have to have like actual solutions. You have to be able mm -hmm. to like, maybe not for everyone. Some people doom and gloom probably is like, what does it for them? Yeah. But for other people, they might need more of like, okay, well, what do we do? How can we control it? Yeah. That's all I'm saying is just like, there is a, a tendency like online and in science communication to be like, you can't just only talk about the bad things. Yeah. But I'm like, maybe that might actually in a backwards way, help some people who are like falling for conspiracy theories. Cause they feel like there's no control. Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't have the answer to this. Like it's like any human problem or social problem of communicating and <laughs> like 
convincing people of something that you think or know to be true and ha- like it's a much bigger question of I don't know the answer to. No, uh, what they're going to start doing? Naming heat waves. I think that's smart. Oh, is that actually yeah. a thing? Like they, they do with hurricanes? In Spain. Because I was like, that is smart. Because mm-hmm. there's something about they're always like, here comes Hurricane Elon or whatever mm-hmm. the F. And then and it, people like, it like I don't more. know. It creates it contextualizes something. like this period is to do with this heat wave. Yeah. And I think it's like a heat wave is so deadly and so linked to climate change and but that i think is the problem because hurricanes can be linked to climate change too the biggest challenge is that while these things can be and are linked to climate change in the moment they can just feel isolated because obviously like our daily temperatures fluctuate and people don't have like a connection to overall weather systems and patterns over centuries that's why this information about the the earth just being hotter on average as a whole is important because it does take away from it the is, weather but, of that okay, day. It is, but I'm going to be cynical for like 30 seconds and I'm going to try and be positive after. Whoa. One of my biggest fears is that okay. the reason humans will not be able to solve the climate crisis yeah. is because it is happening too slow and generationally oh, yeah. it's not yeah. it's not fast enough to make us do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like we as a species aren't aware enough. Like yeah. if we did live for a thousand years, maybe we would really be able to say like, oh my yeah. goodness, like 900 years ago was so different. But we live for such a short period of time that every generation that's yeah. alive, everything they're just used to. Like people who are born now in southwestern Ontario where we live might just grow up with forest fires and smoke in the city and every summer the and parents just think go you know we never had that casually but like in a way that they're just used to it but like if i mean and maybe things will escalate faster and faster to the point where then people within one generation see a lot of change enough to yeah. be like this even if it's not climate change we got to do something about this you know that is, that is true i think a lot of people talk about that it's like a little bit just a little bit too slow mm-hmm. it's why that movie about that shit movie where Leonardo DiCaprio about the asteroid hitting earth. Oh, don't look up. Don't look up was so they were like this. I thought it was okay. Okay. I thought it was absolute shit. They were like, this is, it was okay. Then I thought it was (laughs) one out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes from Greg Brown. (laughs) But, um, they were like, this is a horrible, again, this is me being hyperbolic because I didn't like it, a horrible metaphor for climate change because it was an asteroid hitting Earth. And like so a, that's an a immediate, yeah. like, so they're like using it One as a metaphor for solve, climate yeah. change. And it's like, that's not the issue. Like the dumb people who are like the news media trying to be like, spin it like in that movie they were talking about, the conservative news media. It's like, that's not actually what would happen. The reason it's easy to spin this information is because it is so slow and it is so like um, not as black and white as an asteroid hitting. Yeah, that's Earth. true. But I think it was a metaphor. I'm not saying it was an amazing movie, but like it's emphasizing a point. Yeah, but it's In but that, it's taking away what you're saying, which is the length of time being the biggest issue. Yes, but they're not going to like, then they're just telling the exact story of climate change. A, a meteor is a metaphor yeah. for climate change. I know, change. I'm just... And like, wait, not paying Mitch, attention I'm trying to, to talk it. about <laughs> what you were just talking about. Sorry, to get away from the movie. That it's taking away what you're saying is maybe the biggest issue with humanity, yeah. which is the timeline. Yeah. Which is, I think, true. Like, people criticize that movie for that reason. Like, there is an understanding around why that is, in fact, maybe going to be true for us. Because mm-hmm. we just don't have the capacity... We can't get off our damn phones! Mm-hmm. Like, literally, it's like, that shit is way more... Like we don't have like foresight. It's challenging to 
upend your entire life in a way that you don't know will necessarily help. And yeah. what I mean is like we all want to take on some level of individual responsibility. And I'm saying this as somebody who's like so far from that even good at like taking my climate responsibility on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just live your life. You don't think yeah. about it. So that's, it also then feels so helpless because you're like, even if I did everything right, if I stopped buying anything and chose only foods that were having minimal impact, like what it just sort of still yeah, feels helpless. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe it's worth me talking about like who is at fault yeah, and yeah, like do that. where to focus our yeah. energy. You're um, like, his name's Greg Brown. He's yeah. sitting next to me. <laughs> and I saw him get an iced coffee no, in a plastic I think, cup today. So the answer here is going to be like, it's on the one hand somewhat satisfying. You can probably anticipate what I'm going to say. And on the other hand, I want to talk about where do we go with this kind of information. So this analysis just came out this May and it was looking at the fires and droughts that have been going on in southwestern or the western United States and southwestern Canada, like the the west coast of everything. Um, so, so obviously, it's like very like surfer dude rad research. Yeah, but being these like forest rad. fires have been getting worse, um, and the impacts are not just like smoke sometimes in people's lungs. Like some communities, like even like in Alberta, have been like completely wiped out by yeah. fires and like people's lives destroyed, businesses destroyed. Like it extends pretty far. So this study calculated that 37% of the total area in Canada and America that has been scorched by forest fires since 1986 can be attributed to the world's 88 largest fossil fuel producers and cement manufacturers. So that's almost 40% of all the forest fires they have been able to directly link back. Like these 88 companies are responsible for that amount of damage. God. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's uh let me see so exxon you're going down. this study was based on like previous research which pegged those 88 companies for having like the highest amount of emissions and stuff like that so now this study was doing an analysis of like where do those emissions interact with how temperatures change how it dries out like the wait are these all fossil fuel companies or they're not they're just i haven't looked at all of them i looked like at Coca-Cola the top 25 no vibes. most of them were like energy companies uh-huh. i think and probably this sorry actually let me see this says the world's 88 largest fossil fuel producers 30, I'm, I'm sure Coca-Cola still has a big impact, but they're saying almost 40% of the forest fires that have occurred can be blamed mm. on those 88 companies of which they are fossil fuel and cement producers. Yeah. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep, yep. This is a reminder. That Not the, to mention there's no more sand. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the top 100 companies, you may have heard us say this before, are responsible for 70% of emissions. That's top 100 companies, period. Um, top 25 companies are responsible for 50% of emissions. So like we can start to say, okay, maybe it's a little easier for us to go. Let's stop talking about everyone as an individual and just go for the big chunk, which is smart. These huge companies. Yeah. And this is like a way. So these studies have been like, how do we, it's not just about blaming, but it's about being able to hold responsible for past, present and future actions. If your business model does damage to people and the earth, then you should have to build mm-hmm. that into your model and pay for it. Or you should be responsible for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. You, if you made like a edible children's juice that like killed, killed 20% of yeah, kids, then you'd be like, like okay, to now you're responsible for that. Yeah, yeah. Like you caused extreme damage. Fine. You can say, Oh, we didn't know. But it's like, no, you must've known at some point, just like many of these fossil fuel companies have known for many decades that they're causing damage to the earth. Um, 
Damn. And the study was talking about how like it's really useful. An example is th- currently 30 states, cities, and countries are suing major oil and gas corporations Smart. to seek redress for the harm they've suffered from climate change and to limit future emissions. So it's like this kind of research can hopefully help policymakers if they aren't being bought by the industry yeah. to to say like, yeah, you caused this much damage now, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Here's what you have to pay for that. And I think that not to like have to make an enemy out of it. And I'm not just, I'm not saying like we have to attack people, but corporations, we should definitely just it be like, it does kind of feel like we do kind of in some ways have at to this have point. A, like, yeah. A, like if that's that, if that is the information, which it is, we know it's like, then like we got to start somewhere. It, it's easier. It's kind of yeah, schadenfreude and, these, and they're rich. Exactly. People. These corporations like, are some of the richest are, are the richest in the world they have like, as opposed to saying, Oh, you need to stop drinking bagged milk because plastic is bad like yes there's things that individuals can do and you know i'm a proponent of like sometimes bottom up sometimes top down it can work both ways because some people feel like oh it'll never help he's verse (laughs) but um i do think this is a major way to be like that's where the blame is that's what's caused the issue and they can argue it however they want but like we can look at it and say you are responsible for pulling these things out of the ground and marketing them and having us use them. And the scariest thing is these companies have so much financial influence over the world and politicians that you hope that there's enough people in politics who care to, to step up and, and, uh, put pressure and power against. Yeah. It's forces. exhausting. Cause it's like, we've been hearing about these companies for so long. Yeah. And what's the consequence? Like for them? They've literally just made more and more money year on year. Mm-hmm. It's like, how? Because it is scary when, like, they can simply buy out people. Like, if you're a politician, they can say, well, we'll just give you a million dollars if you ignore this, like, vote no against that. Yeah, but, I mean, I would hope that there, there's still that a lot of... That happens all the time. I know, but there's still a lot of politicians who don't fall in for that. That's true. But, yeah. like, a lot of politicians then... I'm just... Many politicians are able to be swayed because they're maybe not as strongly convicted about something, right? Like, many conservative politicians are probably happy to work with the fossil fuel industry because they don't believe climate change is real. So they're happy to take a million dollars or even... Sometimes it's pathetically low. Sometimes it's like this $10,000 donation to this politician who's already making hundreds of thousand dollars made them vote this way. Okay, now I'm going to be a little more, like, cynical or whatever but there is also I feel like i'm being cynical or oh wait um no what's the word i don't positive want, optimistic I don't, no no i don't understand english um just which is like a problem have a podcast <laughs> but um there okay like if you look at like economies of countries and things like oil is so important to like mm-hmm. it's it's the companies are fucked because they're extracting these things like, for example, Exxon, like, they literally go to the Amazon and, like, pull oil out of, like, a Brazilian Amazonian forest and still end up with profits, obviously giving some money to Brazil. Mm-hmm. My point is that, like, the ec- economics of countries, especially, like, poorer countries, some of them, like, they rely... Even rich countries. They're like, Sorry, well, this can help our population. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, a, a, like... That's what I mean. I'm trying to not explain it as, like, a seedy politician gets a million dollars for his right. house because... And then goes, I'll look the other way. Like that's kind of seeding a bit of that. Like we don't trust the government idea. It's like people could have good intentions, but the way they're too scared to lose a big part of the economics of potentially a poor country. Like that's where I sometimes I'm like, fuck, but it's It's hard. What what frustrates me is that I'm like, how is Exxon 
able to go to another because they have the infrastructure and the corporation enough money to figure out how to find and destroy the earth for this oil and get the profits while paying a bit to like a poor country. Like I'm just saying like there's, I don't know, that part always is like why I'm like these companies truly need to be like taxed the house boots yeah. house down held responsible for at for least all fine, the you're damage. doing it then yeah. here's what it costs. and your profits need to like truly be decreasing year on year f- for my lifetime or else we should all be so scared and that money should be flowing back into the countries to build infrastructure to green things mm-hmm. to create renewable energy that's where it's like the fact that they're still making record profits year on year is where i'm like this is insane this money needs to be re um, distributed. distributed but i get how like sometimes politicians can't say no to them because they're like if we do maybe our whole country like yeah or here's crumbles. a billion or trillion dollars for your country don't yeah. you want that yeah of but course. it's like oh but it's like no we need to figure out how to like tax them even more so that you get trillions and trillions for your country <sighs> and yeah they just i need do to- understand you're right it's not it doesn't just come down i'm saying on the bottom level like there are obviously cd politicians but there are a lot right, that it yeah, is yeah, yeah. It is a much more complex issue. Like as a society, we've been built on fossil fuels, at least as a modern society. And we can't just snap our fingers and make that go away. And so we need clever people to come up with laws and solutions that don't just like hand wave it away and say like, okay, we just, we can just turn this off tomorrow. Cause mm-hmm. it's like literally entire nations are being built with cement and yeah. the use of fossil fuels in our entire country basically runs mostly on fossil fuels. I you just think I mean? it's so mess that like the companies are like from Britain, like literally Exxon from America, from Canada. And then like going to how does like, like literally like all these companies get to go to Chile and like mine all their lithium and make all their profits. And Chile's like, okay, sweet. You're going to come mine so you can give us some money. It's like so awful. It's like, no, like, you know what I mean? Like why? Like they need to be able to sue us and be like, we're going to get our own lithium and we're going to keep all the money because it's our lithium. Yeah. Like stuff like, like that's mm, hot take for our podcast. Capitalism's bad, <laughs> but it's crazy because capitalism feels like it gets to be above what I would think the law should be based on like borders and nations. Like we get to yeah, go to Colombia and take all their resources. Like that is what people would argue is that it's a private company that goes and says, we have the skill we can, instead of you having to develop from scratch, the tools and the people and the skill <laughs> no. will come in, take part of the profit, give you some of it done. At that, but that, you know, that's Twisted, the issue. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's like, we are making so much money off of Colombia's resources, but it's like, whenever people are like, Oh, Chile found lithium. It's like Chile f- has lithium. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, how come that yeah. gets to be Canadian lithium? I don't know. Like that. Is there, what's that called? Is there a, is there a world court? <laughs> like there's not, <laughs> we need to re go back to the beginning and be like, let's have a world court. <laughs> That's like run by Beyonce. <laughs> not Beyonce. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I don't really know where to go from here. It's obviously like, exactly imagine we had the answer. <laughs> no, I just mean like it is oh. too complex. It's too, it's no, not too complex. Well, right it's now, complex. Yeah, well, no, we're never going to... It's just you and me. We're not going to have an answer. But there is, there are solutions. Do we yeah. need to have a solutions episode? <laughs> well, I mean, it's like Maybe. one of those challenging things where it's like, I don't want to be in politics. But like, yeah, it takes true. the people who care about this to go into politics yeah. and be willing to play the political game, which is a whole other thing. Like, it takes a certain kind of people to be willing to like navigate the political world, which is more than just a platform that you in, in kick off. It's like literally 
what do you say, like schmoozing and learning how to make money and alliances with companies and with people. And that to me is like why I would not want to be in politics because you can't just yell and be like, this is what I want to get done. Like you have to. We could end with a sleigh all day and tell the world about Olivia Chow, Toronto's new mayor. Yeah. That is a good example (laughs) of someone who is willing to put herself out there and be in politics Mm -hmm. for all these things that we said for the good. Like, I love Olivia Chow. I'm so excited that she's the new mayor. She is completely, she just biked to her first day on the job. Like she's so trying to do this and stand up and like figure out how to make green spaces public and Mm -hmm. make bike lanes and make Toronto a world scale green city. It's like, okay, thank you for putting yourself out there to be a politician. Mm -hmm. Like there are people, even if like you and I both yeah, I believe there are to. like there po- are. people who are willing yeah. to be in politics and fight and work the, like, hard for work like, really hard. This yeah, cause. and you're young. You might have see a more people crisis come up of us. meaning yeah. in your forties, and then be like, "I want to be a politician." Yeah, sorry, I'm not saying I could never be a politician. I didn't mean it that way. I just meant it's a whole other yeah. thing outside of just caring about issues. Yes, yeah, and that is like what's overwhelming because people in politics would then also argue like, "Well, you can't just go in and." thrash and try and bash your way through because you would just like get nowhere you have yeah. to like be smart about how to like yeah. build momentum you around you would policies. be good though because you're so good at like board games and strategizing <laughs> and thinking ahead you know what i mean like i would be bad no, i actually like, do think i would be good but i think the idea of having to do that would... uh mitch 2028 <laughs> I, okay no i do have hope and i do think there's many people olivia chow is a great example and i i hope to like see all the positive progress and like, that we'll see in my lifetime. But AOC president slay. Yeah. I and you just hope dream. that they have the support. Like obviously we have a very conservative premier and hopefully that won't limit her ability to also make changes. Cause yeah. like Ontario is a much bigger place than just yeah. Toronto. And then there's Canada as the country. Like there's so many layers to the whole world cooperating in this way, but she is we'll a positive thing. Though. Yeah. People least, really voted for like, progressive change by voting for her and a lot of people did well let's okay we're gonna do an episode on like more positive like actionable things that the world can do yeah i had another sad thing so i'm not gonna talk about it no it was just i hadn't said it earlier it was about the ocean but like um oh the ocean ah it's toast i'm kidding (laughs) well literally okay i'm gonna just say (laughs) because i thought it was interesting no okay no no do it do it do it do it it. no i'm strong we're all strong here this march yeah the service temperatures of the East Coast of North America yeah. were th- almost 14 degrees higher than the 1981 to 2011 average. Oh, my God. Um, and so, obviously, warm waters are, like, kill species and cause, like, lots of other issues. Something that was really interesting is they were like, this sadly might be because, yes, climate change is part of it, but it's less pollution. Like, there was a law passed in 2020 Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean less pollution? What are you talking about? So there's less pollution being released by fuel burning on ships because there was a law passed to reduce sulfur content Uh in fuel. And that has reduced the amount of aerosol particles in the atmosphere, which work to reflect heat away from the earth. And so they think that water is absorbing so much more heat than ever before. No. So I'm just saying it's really sad and complicated. Obviously the answer isn't pollution is good, but it's just like, if pollution is the solution to our problem, we are fucked. Pollution is the solution to our problem. We are obviously that is a lyric (laughs) in a Lord song. (laughs) I didn't. Yeah. I'm obviously not 
and nobody is using this to say we should be polluting more. It's just like the issues mm. are so complex because we've caused so many issues that everything's heating up more. And mm. then now that we're trying to like, I don't know, it's all, it just was like, wow, that's really scary. I know. And it's like, and I just like bird watching, not to mention that the birds are going. Mm-hmm. Everything's sad. No, every, okay. everything. Who, how we can need we, another episode. How we are we so sorry. No, we're going to see Beyonce tomorrow. <laughs> and when this comes out, we will have seen Beyonce. And so next week you get to hear our review of the Renaissance ball. I can only hope that it's run through green energy. <laughs> um, I think I still have hope. There's still a bit of hope inside. Yeah, you have more hope than I do. I, okay, do you want to know my actual hope? And it's so dark and I'm so but sorry better to be everyone. Happy. It's not, uh-huh. but it is for me. It, it is happy for me and no one else will want to hear this. And maybe people will be like, you suck. No, I know what you're going to say. Don't say it. Uh, I don't think it's a good take. But, okay, fine. Say it. I'm gonna. I don't. Think okay. It's a good take. So I think that it is very sad to watch. For example, the birds, which I love, disappear, and there's like, and nat- like I, like nature, like the forest, literally burning. That is what makes me the most sad. Is the concept of humans doing this thing to the planet that is causing a lot of suffering, even though we are aware that we are doing it. Mm-hmm. That makes me existentially sad, and it's like more of like it's maybe like too much anthropomorphizing animals and plants and trees. But when I look at them, I'm like, that's where I get the most sad. I got less. And so, and then it's like, even, yeah. Okay. So you're not, are you going to take it as far as you normally do? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I think when we go far into the future, there is a chance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think when I think about, I'm really zooming zooming out now. When I think about entropy and I think about the universe (laughs) and I think about like the science as a spirituality, like for me, it's like there's ups and downs, there's energy. And I think on a really long scale, we are are all a part of something bigger. And humans, I think are making some serious mistakes to the point that I think climate change could wipe out the human species, but in no way do I think life on earth will not continue. And the birds and the trees and the other species might have a time to flourish in the future without us. And that gives me some sense of hope. Yeah, but I don't think that's hopeful at all. Okay, yeah, like no, I know, just saying why. all the humans will die is like there's. But in so long. Yeah, but then, there's lots of humans suffering too who I are know, not I know, responsible I know. for this I'm problem. I'm talking about for some. So I'm saying, for why me, can't we also find solace in trying to help the humans yes, and animals yes, to yes, find I a better know, future I for know, all of us? To me, there's no point in any of it if humans aren't here. Like, if we're not here to think about it, then what's the point? I don't care if there's animals. Like, yeah. I obviously. That's do. what I mean. I th- that's what I mean by you having maybe even more hope than me because deep down I sometimes go there. Like, like, yes, I, I know. know this planet will be fine without humans. I think like if we cause a catastrophe yeah. and wipe ourselves out, the planet will come back slowly. Animals, plants, all those things. Yeah. But I also think like we should care yeah, about no, no. the human I know, part. I know, I know. I, like I we know. should have a vested interest in the human part. Yeah, I know, I know. And <laughs> I, I do most of this is me when I get really sad I, I zoom out so that's far fair. it's more like enough. if it is gonna happen at least nature will probably make it through like it yeah or just always. how evolution yeah like works but um, i just think yeah. like calling that a no, success it's not, not it's not i'm not calling it a success i'm talking about a way that i cope sometimes okay, okay um, wow that was intense. yeah sorry guys um hopefully it was interesting so like make sure you share with your friends and family <laughs> and like slay all day leave a comment and yeah oh and if you're watching on youtube you can look at my butt right now <laughs> spank okay, okay see you Push. later
thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.